just before we start our service, if you haven't, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't formally introduce your whole family because you have been with us before, but uh, Tori and Chantel, it's a pleasure to have you with us and their, and their four children. Um, it's great that you're with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the worship time. It's a blessing to have yeah, the guitar and the vocals. Appreciate that a lot. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's all stand and uh, pray, and then we'll, we'll read the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Father God, again, we're thankful for this day and for the opportunity to give back to you, but also to receive from you through the word that you've given us. Lord, may I step aside and may your Holy Spirit guide me through the teaching that you want uh, your children to hear in our service today. And thanks for blessing us and thanks for loving us. Amen. All right, so we'll start Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, all the way through to 15. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we, have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. May be seated. So, one one important thing I I start with that passage. The sermon is, uh, or the teaching is is topical, but I also want to always refer to a passage like that as that's the base and the foundation. As we go through the teaching this morning, we're going to bounce around to lots of different verses. But I want the focus to be that this is the Lord's instruction with respect to, to prayer. And uh, the sermon, or the, the teaching this morning, is brought to you out of more out of a personal, personal journey of mine than a question that came from the congregation. Uh, the question from the congregation that we were going to address um, was brought forward by Laurel. But because Laurel's not here, I didn't want to uh, follow through on, on doing that teaching. So... This past Monday, uh, Roger Stewart and Andrew and I took a trip to Canmore and back in a day just to kind of talk about, focus on direction for the church, how to guide the church. And then um, as we were in the vehicle, we, we helped me out with the, with the sermon outline that you're going to hear today. So basically, from a young age, I, was, I can remember clearly being taught to make sure you're right with the Lord before you engage Him in prayer. I knew, I knew that was a foundation, I knew that to be true, but if someone asked me to follow that up, I didn't have the scripture. So part of what this comes to you this morning is me getting serious about sticking to that being a foundation and bringing that scripture to you to hopefully help and encourage you as you engage your prayer life. Um, 
Another thing to articulate to you is that as, as leaders, as, as elders, guys that want to be elders, uh, working towards eldership with the church and church direction is we feel prayer is, is maybe is something that we're not giving enough time to, not enough focus on, not enough uh, encouragement back to you to spend more time in. And so going forward from here on in, um, when Andrew gets back, you will see that focus, that, um, well, I will just leave it at focus, coming to our service time and coming to you in many different ways of, of encouragement. So, because prayer is our, our lifeline, our highway, and uh, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> so I'm not teary-eyed often, you know that about me, but hey, we'll see what happens, right? So, okay. So, getting into what we want to talk about today. What can hinder our prayers? Um, I'll just put, read it to you there. As Christians, we are called to pray. But when we do so, what does the Bible teach us to be careful of so that our prayers are heard? And the first thing, as in the title, what can hinder our prayers, is I always want to go back to, and as Andrew's taught me, is let's, let's define what the word means so that we understand the context of of what we're teaching about. So hinder. Hinder is found in uh, two verses in the Bible, depending on your, your translation per se. Um, it's used the same twice. It's found in 1 Thessalonians 2.18 and 1 Peter 3.7. It's the same Greek word, even though our, uh, our translations will use a different definition per se. The Greek word uh, enkopto basically uh, means to impede, to interrupt, to delay or obstruct. And the context of uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.18, and, and you're more than welcome to go there and read it, the context of that situation is Paul has great concern for the Th Thessalonians, and he can't get to them. He is stopped from getting to them. That's the, the core meaning of the word hinder right there. Then you go to 1 Peter 3.7, which we'll be talking about later in our lesson. It talks about if you're not in right relationship with your wife, you risk your prayers being hindered. So again, our prayers are hindered, which means to impede, to interrupt, delay, obstruct, and stop. So just wanted to define that with you this morning. What is prayer? And I, I kind of, it's, it's an interesting thing. You can go to the concordance at the back of your Bible, and you really can't purely define prayer. There's many descriptions for it. Um, again, as I said before, it's our lifeline, it's our highway, it's our, it's our connection to the Lord. So you can look at Philippians 4, verse 6. And I got all my notes in here. Maybe. Philippians 4, verse 6 says... Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So prayer, is, as in Scripture, is like a petition. To seek the Lord and direct our thoughts towards God, and is also an act of humility. Why do we pray? Again, we have many different Scripture references. Ephesians 6, Matthew 6 as we just read a little bit ago, Luke 5 and Proverbs 15.8. The highlight from these verses are to communicate, to delight in the Lord, to pray, to please Him, 
encouragement, obedience, experience Him, and plain and simply, Jesus showed us. In Luke, uh, or in, yeah, in Luke 5, 16, it talks about the crowds coming after Jesus. And what did He do? He went away on His own and spent quiet time in prayer with the Lord. So it's an example to us of, of why do we pray? How do we pray? Again, these are all almost sermons in and of themselves with each question. But again, just want to give you some guidance for, before we get into uh, hindered prayer. In Matthew 6, 5 through 15, as we read, it's not to impress men and talk for the sake of talking. And we get the Lord's Prayer. God gives us very specific instructions saying this in chapter, in verse 9, it says this, then is how you should pray. So the highlights of the Lord's Prayer are to praise, show submission. And that's where I, I got an act of humility in respect to what is prayer. Show reliance, show forgiveness, and deliverance. So as you work through the Lord's Prayer, if, if no one's ever told you how to pray or or what's all involved in prayer, God gives us instructions in Matthew. Next, in, if you look in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, you also get that we want to pray with thanksgiving and pray continually. And I'll read that one for you. I like this verse a lot. We'll start in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So again, with thanksgiving and continually, that's how we're supposed to pray. And next, the kids should remember this one, Josiah and Jared and the girls. What's Acts stand for? Right. Scripture also gives us a real quick acronym when it comes to uh, learning how to pray. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And you get those again from Scripture when God shows us the Lord's Prayer. And also from Thessalonians, we're telling us about thanksgiving. And then as I stated in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, the ultimate example is Jesus on earth of how to pray and it's very simply put but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed even in the garden he withdrew by himself and he prayed and that just gives us again how do we pray those are some quick guides and rules for us so moving on to um, the topic today the list of items that I'd like to bring forward to you, I would say, are not a thorough list. I would say there's more areas that we could discover through um, study and research of Scripture. But these are five significant ways that kind of stick out to me as, as we engage studying the Word. And that the Bible warns us to be considerate of. The first being selfish motives. Turning from Scripture. Unforgiving hearts, a husband and wife relationship, and unconfessed sins. All these five areas are warnings, as detailed in Scripture to us, that could hinder our prayers. 
And again, why are we concerned about this? Because we need to communicate with our Lord. That's how we survive. That's how we function. And that's kind of, the, again, another reason why we want to talk about it today is as we engage on a journey of improving our prayer lives and becoming prayer warriors, it's very important that we're cognizant of those areas in our lives that could be holding up prayers. So what can hinder our prayers? The first one, selfish motives. And simply put, it's our human tendency to regard our own interests ahead of others and God. The first verse, the first uh, verse I'd like to bring forward is James 4, verse 3. You're welcome to turn there with me, because it takes me a bit to get there if you want to. But you don't have to, because I'll read it for you also. Also, as I'm going through Scripture, I want to strongly um, say also that from a Berean point of view, we don't just read one verse and, and say that's it. I strongly encourage, uh, as if you get a copy of this and you want to do your own study, start a chapter before and go to a chapter after so you fully understand what's totally going on. So there's a bit of of risk and just teaching based on scripture here, scripture here, scripture here, scripture here. That's why I said the foundation is Matthew. So as we do engage these verses and we read them for, for teaching purposes, um, we did spend time going ahead and behind them just to make sure that the teaching that you are getting is, is, is correct and, and accurate. So James 4, verse 3. I'll just start in, in verse 1 and we'll go to the end of 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So pretty, pretty straightforward, I would say, with respect to praying to God. It's not about selfish motives. Going to John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we are instructed on more so on how to pray. And I'll read that to you. Actually, I'll start in 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of Him. So again, just in contrast to selfish motives. We don't pray out of selfish motives. We look to pray within the will of the Lord. Furthermore, I would direct you on this, and I really enjoyed going back, is back on July 16th of uh, 2017, when we were going through the book of John, Andrew taught in John chapter 16, verses 23 to 33, is teaching further on how to pray, and how to pray in Jesus' name. And it, it's on the website, and uh, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to it. 
It's really easy to stream it. It doesn't use up a lot of data if you're driving, by the way. I've checked that out. So uh, it's, a, it's a really good sermon. And again, it's just giving you further guidance on how to pray in Jesus' name. And again, further instruction on how God wants you to, to come to Him. My takeaways from studying selfish motives are three points. That we are to pray according to God's will as revealed in the Bible. We are asked for things consistent with the character and nature of God. And we are to ask for things that are for the spiritual benefit of ourselves or others on whose behalf we are praying. And just to add to point number three, you're often asked to pray for somebody and their illness. And that's very important. You don't want to see any, anybody struggle. But when we're engaging in praying for somebody in their illness, and Stuart brought this up, and, and like, it's like a light bulb goes off for you. It's, um, why am I going to pray for that person and their healing? When healing does happen, why, like, what are we praying for? We're hopeful. We want that person to be happy. But what kind of selfish motives are around that? How should we be praying for that person? That's kind of what came to me. And, and Stuart says, I've, I've often asked this. And someone said, can you please pray for my uh, relative who has cancer? Absolutely. Happy to pray for them. But how are we praying for them? To pray for them is, I would say, and encourage you, according to the will and as revealed in the Bible and the character and nature of God, it's so that probably through that situation, they become closer to God. That there's a revelation of God's great power that can encourage them and bring them to close relationship. Maybe they're not a believer. Maybe the situation and the healing in and of itself um, brings them closer to God. And that's what we have to remember and focus on, I believe, when we're coming to the Lord in prayer. Is to come with a focus of... If I was Jesus in this case, and I was praying for this person, how would this prayer sound and what direction would it take? And you can, uh, and you can see examples of, uh, of Jesus praying in the Bible or, or men praying in the Bible. And I've got some uh, verses for you afterwards. And they're good guides when it comes to, uh, to detailing how to pray. So selfish motives can be a hindrance to your, to your prayers. The next is turning from Scripture. And again, fairly straightforward, I trust. Proverbs uh, 28, verse 9. I'll read that for you. Thanks for your patience as I flip around. Okay. And I'll start in verse 8 and read to verse 10. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest amasses it for another. Who will be kind to the poor? If anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, even his prayers are detestable. He who leads the upright along an evil path will follow into his trap, but the blameless will receive a good inheritance. And so again, I read before and after so that you're not just caught up in one specific statement. And what's being told again in Proverbs is its, it's uh, articulation of wisdom back to us. And it's basically plain and simple to hear. Is that if you turn a deaf ear to God's instructions, our prayers are detestable. And I, I kind of liken it to um, instructing your child, per se. God is our Father, we are His children. If you think of instructing your child, and then you see them blatantly ignore you, what's your first response if they come to you for help? while remaining in their disobedience. 
Are you eager to come alongside them and, and help them out? Or do you have a little bit of, I'm not helping you, I told you to do it this other way, why would I help you? Even, and you're still remaining in your disobedience while you're asking me to help you. And that's what really kind of helped brought that home is the context of instructing our children. God is instructing us and asking us to obey Him. But our prayers are going to be detestable. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong word what our prayers are like to God if we're living in disobedience. So again, if we're reading His word and we disobey what He teaches, how can we expect God to listen? Our words are detestable. So again, hopefully a check and balance for us when you're coming to the Lord in prayer, something to think about. Don't turn from Scripture. Heed God's warning. An unforgiving heart. And we'll go turn to Mark 11. Okay. Mark 11:25. 25. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That was verse 24. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So when you stand praying, it's important that we don't harbor unforgiveness against those around us. Matthew 6, 9-15 through 15 again. I'll turn back to there. Okay. Again, as we go through the Lord's Prayer, it says very specifically in verse, verse 12, chapter 6, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we as also forgiven our debtors. So when you approach the Lord, we're asking Him to forgive us. But if we don't forgive others, how can God hear us if we're harboring unforgiveness? Again, in a, in a, sum, in a su- summary sentence, which we, we must be attentive to our hearts to ensure that we are not harboring any unforgiving thoughts and feelings towards others. For example, resentment and hatred. And the next one, and not that long ago, as Andrew was teaching through First Peter, this one, uh, I, I'd, honestly, this was a brand new to me. I've never heard it before, and it honestly hit me right between the eyes that if I'm in wrong relationship with my wife, my prayers are, are have a risk of being hindered. So I'll go to First Peter, and <laughs> I must have just throw that one too since they're all falling. First um, Peter three verse seven. <coughs> Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I trust um, all of your translations say hinder, but if it says stop, if it says obstruct, that's the same thing. And it's, you know, I want to say more, but the scripture says it as plain as day. If we as husbands or even wives in return, are not seeking right relationship with our spouse, how can our prayers be heard? Because, and very importantly, the relationship between a husband and wife is to reflect that of Christ to his church. It's to be a relationship of absolute love, adoration, and sacrifice. And so if we are not living in that model that Christ is giving us and expecting us to show to those around us in community, it will hinder your prayers. 
And it's very important that, that people pay more attention to this because honestly, I, I never thought of it that way. And then I would encourage you, again, I can email this uh, information to anybody. Look at Ephesians 5, 22 to 23. That is where uh, God uh, instructs and talks about uh, a husband and wife uh, relationship and the uh, mirror image it is to Christ in the church. Last one is unconfessed sin. And I go to Isaiah 59, 2. start verse 1. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So again, scripture says it's plain as day. There's not much you can't add or take away from it. He will not hear because of sin in your life. If you have unconfessed sin. Psalm 66 is the next location. Let me read for you. Psalm 66, 18 through 20. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. So again, it's about David talking to the Lord, saying, plain and simply, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Again, very straightforward instruction from Scripture. So again, the warning, we need to examine our hearts to see if unconfessed sin stands as a barrier between ourselves and God. Because if I always liken it, um, we've had some teaching time with the kids and uh, very popular drawing in uh, Campus Crusade when I was going to university is to to draw a big valley. And there's us on one side and there's God on the other. And the only way to get across that valley between us and where God is, is Jesus on the cross. And you show the cross standing up and then you show the cross flipping down the cross across the valley. And that's what helps me kind of bring this home, is that we don't get to the Lord, that, we're constant, that we are separated from God because of sin in our life. And Jesus bridges that gap. So if unconfessed sin, how can you communicate with the Lord? Because sin can't be in His presence. Lessons. And uh, I probably ripped through that really fast, but maybe we'll have some more <laughs> discussion time. So, And you wouldn't know I'm nervous other than the fact that my feet, my boots are probably going to show that they're wet on the bottom here fairly soon. So. Lessons. Again, as we talked about the five different items, pray according to God's will as revealed in the Bible not with selfish motives. And the Bible gives us examples. And I really liked the one uh, song that you, uh, that you brought forward today, Tori. Um, number 59, Build My Life. If ever you're looking for a way to pray, sometimes songs are an excellent way to pray. And Psalm 59 is, is, is a really good example, I would say. It's to go to the Lord and say, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are. And fill me with your heart. And lead me in your love to those around me. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. 
and I would not be shaken. So again, coming to the Lord and putting aside selfish motives and praying in the will of God is a way of communicating and, and having clear communication with the Lord. I brought up, um, so David praying in Psalms, Jesus uh, specifically praying with his disciples. There's examples of following Jesus. And then I also wanted to bring you to, there's different books in the Bible where, where the men are praying. And if I go to Ephesians, just want to show you an example. Ephesians 3, 14, there it is. Ephesians 3, and again in, in, my, in my Bible it says, A prayer for the Ephesians. And we can listen to the, the writer here. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and one earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you and power with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So here we have a writer addressing a prayer for the Ephesians. And it's a strong example, I believe, for us in this room as you're engaging to pray for somebody else. It's the, I'm going to leave you with this passage, and I hope you write it down, is here in of itself is also an example of how you can lift up those around you in prayer. And just like a full, just a couple pull-outs. I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Pray that you're being rooted and established in love. You may have power together with all the saints to grasp how long and how, how high and deep his love is. And to know that his love surpasses knowledge. So this is a way that we're being shown in scripture on how to pray. And how to communicate clearly with the Lord and not have your prayers interrupted. Again, lesson uh, number two. If you turn a deaf ear to Scripture, our prayers are very plainly put, detestable to God. And are not going to listen. Number three. Be attentive to your hearts to ensure that you're not harboring any unforgiving thoughts or feelings towards others. God instructs us to forgive others so that He can forgive us. Number four, the relationship between a husband and wife is to reflect that of Christ to his church. It's to be a relationship of absolute love, adoration, and sacrifice. And I can't even, I can't push that one any harder. If that one's not right, your prayers aren't being heard. Very likely. It says you're at risk of not being heard. So I can't give you, I can only give you what scripture says I can't add to it. It says they're at risk of being heard, but honestly... If you're not in right relationship and living in community, it's going to be, you have a hard time getting him to listen. Number five, we need to examine our hearts because unconfessed sin is a barrier between ourselves and God. Again, I'm not giving you scripture on following this up, but it basically asks the Holy Spirit. If you don't see or have anything in your life that you're aware of, that's great. But ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you of something that maybe you're not aware of. 
Or if you have a close friend around you, ask them. Maybe there's something that they see in your life. So that, that avenue, that highway to the Lord is, is wide open. So that's kind of my real quick race through Scripture to show you. But again, that we come to you from a, from a um, position of, of teaching as Andrew is challenging Roger and Stuart and myself to engage the congregation, to be involved in teaching. If we're going to bring wisdom to you in any sort of way, it can't just come from life experience. It honestly has to be rooted in the Word. And if you were to ask me, why do I have to be right before God, before He hears my prayers? I now have, I'm, I'm armed with the, with the sword, with the scripture, to be able to address that with you. And if any of you want uh, this PowerPoint, don't hesitate to, to ask. And out of personal journey or, or time in the Word, I'd strongly encourage you to go to your concordance and look for the word pray, prayer, praying. And there is a plethora of verses. Read them all. Because they're all applicable to teaching you about this. Because again, going forward, we want to incorporate a greater emphasis on prayer in our service as also during the week. And uh, we want to give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to really work in our church in 2019. And I'm personally really excited about that. Um, I'm really excited about how neat it is that Tori can come up on stage and sing and play guitar and it's just another level up of feeling the true presence of God. The next level is really being in communion and prayer with the Lord. And I'm excited for all of you. We're going to have an awesome year and we're going to become stronger prayer warriors this year. And, and we're going to give everybody a chance to be up here and be a prayer warrior with us and so i'm excited for everybody because it's going to stretch you but it's for the better of your own lives and your walks with god because uh, i just can't stress enough that we need time with the lord 